The Her Sports Show, live every Wednesday on YouTube and every podcast app. Welcome to the Her Sports Show. We're bringing you the weekly roundup of sport and we got to catch up with some of the Irish footballers ahead of their big World Cup qualifier match next week. It's a big match next Tuesday on the 11th of October in Ossa. You went to Cadbury HQ to catch up with the team. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so went to Cadbury's on Friday and Vera Powell, she uh, unveiled the team. Mm-hmm. So there's a 28-player squad and she's obviously without some very important players. Um, so there's a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. So Spawn McCarthy, Megan Connolly, Rachel Littlejohn, Ella Malloy, Aoife Colville and Leanne Coonan. And then we heard at the weekend um, Jessica Zhu um, is also out um, with a knee injury. So, you know, there's a lot of setbacks there for the team. Um, but in more positive news, Mi Fahi and Jamie Finn are back um, after missing their win over Slovakia. Mm-hmm. So that helped Ireland um, a lot, you know, looking forward to the game. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, a tough task ahead with that, that many injuries. It's great to see, obviously, the other two athletes back in the squad. Um, grateful to see, obviously, like Louise Quinn, see Katie McCabe, uh, you know, still in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it definitely will be a bit of a reshuffle with that many athletes missing from the squad. Definitely, yeah. And I suppose unusually as well, Ireland don't know who they're up against mm-hmm. in the qualifier. Um, so they won't know that until um, tomorrow. So uh, we asked, you know, Vera, you know, like, how is that going to affect preparations? And, you know, even she was saying it's so odd and like they've never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the opponent, you know, they can fully concentrate on Ireland, whereas, you know, Ireland, they're don't sending know what's three, going on three people over to, um, uh, two, two scouts over, so... Yeah, so for that, it's it's obviously tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. Thursday 6th, is the match between Austria and Scotland. And then whoever progresses from that is who Ireland is going to face. So it is, as you said, a bit unusual yeah. that we're uh, you know, not really sure who we're playing at, at this particular moment when we're recording this. Like, they don't know what time it's at and all that type of thing. So it's a it's an unusual yeah. um, instance, but I'm sure they're obviously doing the research into both sides and going over to, to watch the match as well. We'll definitely give them an insight yeah, as well. No, they'll, so. they'll prepare well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so obviously the match is next week and we'll have more details on that tomorrow. So we've hosted two watch parties before. Uh, we had some really, really great atmosphere supporting the girls in green. Uh, we will be back to the next week on Tuesday 11th uh, to watch the, watch the team. Um, as they have their bid to hopefully qualify for the World Cup. So um, we'll have details on the website and on our social channels uh, live tomorrow. So to be sure to tune in. Uh, we look forward to seeing as many fans there to support the girls in green. Domestically, we have Women's National League news. Uh, Wexford youths are in the lead. Uh, there are four teams left competing in the SSE Airtricity Women's National League uh, for the title, which are Shelburne, Piedmont United, Athlone Town and Wexford youths. Wexford youths maintain a narrow lead at the top of the table uh, despite a 2-1 defeat uh, to Athlone Town. This was Athlone's first um, victory over them in the league and one which dramatically narrows the gap at the top of the table. So interesting uh, in domestic news, but you have some news for us about the FA Women's uh, League Cup as well. Yeah, so over there, uh, Ireland's Quinn Misaki and Megan Campbell, they both scored for their teams. Uh, Misaki's one goal for Bristol City and they uh, beat Crystal Palace Mm 4-0. And Campbell got the only goal in Liverpool's 1-0 win over Sunderland Ladies. And you know both those girls are going to be there next yeah. week so that's a massive boost that they're playing so well um for the team that's yeah definitely adds the confidence yeah. for them as well yeah this was over to boxing uh, the iaba condemned international boxing association's suspension of ukrainian federation so 
the organization for amateur boxing is led by a Russian businessman. Mm-hmm. And last week, they suspended the Ukrainian Federation in a move that prevented them from allowing a voting challenge to Kremlin's leadership. And the IBA also required the Ukrainian junior box team to compete under the IBA mm-hmm. flag um, at the European Boxing Championships this week. And there was a lot of protests, you know, athletes not wanting to participate for that reason. Um, the Irish Athletic Boxers Association have released a statement um, emphatically condemning the IBA's actions and the IOC also questioned the move um, and they are going to conduct a full mm-hmm. review. In terms of boxing and like the landscape at the moment, it is under threat like we will see it in the 2024 Olympics, but they currently don't have it on the 2028 uh, Olympic programme. Um, it seems unlikely that, it, that it's going to be restored and it's going to be added, which is a, a huge blow for Ireland. Obviously, Katie Taylor fought to get women's boxing in in 2012. She came home with a, an Olympic gold medal. We've had a recent champion of Kelly Harrington coming home with gold from the Tokyo 2021 Olympic Games. And then there's been a lot of success over the years on the men's side as well. So it is a huge blow. Like We obviously as a nation would love to see uh, boxing continue to stay. Um, and then you know you had looked into the youth side of things there's been some huge success there so there is like uh, you know great opportunities for for Ireland uh, on on international level but um, it isn't looking positive at the moment which is quite disappointing very disappointing yeah Um, and like with the European Boxing Championships you know they have performed brilliantly Mm -hmm. and there's been really really good success so in the 60 kg Ava Henry is European junior champion following a split decision win over Poland Mia Kyo is European junior silver medalist now in her final against England Grace Conway is after bringing home a silver medal um, for her final against England and Sophie Curly Gray has also gotten a European junior championship Mm -hmm. bronze so like some really good results yeah amazing results at, at junior level as well we'll have to keep our fingers crossed anyway yeah. in the energy at AIL uh, there's a rescheduled match in round one um, Suetonians beat Cook 15-7 with Cooks Ilsa van Staden and the Suetonians Emma Jordan and Yanita Carretta scoring tries to catch up on all the AIL action tune into the Hearthsport AIL rugby show which is brought to you by Energia we have Hannah Tyrrell and Jessica Woodlock will bring you all the news and latest interviews in the other stories, we have AFLW. Orla O'Dwyer had 11 disposals and two tackles as the Brisbane Lions hammered uh, Essendon 62-18 in the AFLW. Then the North Melbourne Kangaroos had their biggest ever win in AFLW with a win of 67-1 over the Sydney Swans. Irish player Vicky Wall had a behind 10 disposals and five tackles um, for the winners, while Erica O'Shea had eight disposals and three tackles. So the Irish are certainly making an impact. Definitely, yeah, and Cora Staunton, she played a crucial goal-scoring role as well for Greater Western Sydney Giants on Saturday as they bounced back from um, an absolute hammering there mm-hmm. last week and the Mayo Star kicked two goals and added a further behind in the 29-12 win at Henson Park. All good stuff. Great to see yeah, the Irish yeah. girls play well over there. So for these stories and more, head over to hersport.ie. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast platforms, be sure to subscribe and keep up to date with the latest news and content in women's sport. Now over to Team Ireland as we catch up with them ahead of their big game next week. So next game, massive game for you. Uh, first, get your thoughts on um, how you're preparing and how you're feeling about Yeah, I think we're really excited about this big game. Obviously, everyone would like to be involved in this huge, huge game for, for Ireland. Um, but I think it's important to keep everything the same. Um, it's a bit weird that we don't know who we're playing yet. But listen, we'll find out on Thursday and we'll go from there. Yeah, you touched on you know, how that's quite unusual. Um, that you don't know who you're playing. Um, has that really affected preparations or are you just focusing 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think, as I just said there, it's important to keep everyone, everything the same that we've been doing. Um, and, yeah, just come Thursday, we'll know. We're preparing for both teams. We'll be prepared for, for what we get. Yeah, I think just just touching on it there, it would be absolutely a dream come true. Obviously, when I was younger, you'd always dream of going to a World Cup and putting on the, the green shirt for Ireland, I think it would be amazing. And obviously, the squad has seen some injury blows, as you've mentioned. Um, has this kind of affected morale in the squad, or are you just focusing on what's next? Yeah, listen, it's, nev it's never nice to have injuries in, in, in the squad and speedy recovery to, to all the girls that have picked up those uh, injuries. But... I think it's like a testament to, to Vera and, and Tom and the backroom staff that we have that depth in the squad for players to be called in and be called upon um, to, to get stuck in and, and yeah, I think that's, that's great to have it in a squad. And the success of the Euros was undeniable. Um, has this kind of reinstilled belief and inspired you as a team? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the Euros was, was great for women's football. You could see the growth there. The, the crowds at the games were absolutely amazing. And I think, yeah, that obviously will just um, encourage us to, to, to keep going and, and hopefully qualify for a World Cup. Hi, I'm Chloe Mustaki. I play for the Irish women's soccer team and also part of the Bristol City women's setup. A couple of months ago, myself and Owen Murphy, one of Kilkenny Hurlers, um, met at Nolan Park, home of Kilkenny um, Ga. So that was great. Um, I learned a bit of hurling off him. And then we went down to a soccer pitch and uh, he took some shots on me in goal. So it was great, great experience. Really enjoyed it. Um, looking forward to, to seeing the outcome of the video now in a few weeks time. I can't divulge too much, but uh, it should be good. Really overwhelming 10 days um, in a positive sense. Obviously two wins from two, which is fantastic. Um, qualify for the World Cup playoffs and even managed to skip the first round of that. So um, all in all, probably couldn't have had a better outcome from the 10 days. So delighted, just winding back down now and then, you know, go again in, in three to four weeks. This time around, we had very little time to prepare for the Finland game and Slovakia game. Um, usually we like to have maybe kind of at least five days training leading into a first game. I think we all reported in on a Sunday evening and then the game was on the Thursday evening. So between needing to kind of recover from most of us that played on the Saturday and Sunday to then being, you know, primed and ready to play an international game on the Thursday, it was actually mostly about recovering well. And thankfully, you know, Vera has a very good understanding of, of that. And so do our, our physios and our medical staff. So um, we did, you know, we did very little on the pitch and was mostly kind of looking at videos, um, analysing Finland, analysing ourselves, having played them first time around. So, yeah, mostly just about recovery and tactical play, really. You know, we were lucky to play that game against Finland at home. Um, it set us up well then going away to Slovakia in the sense that we had all our family and friends there in Tallis Stadium, which was really special. And, you know, Vera allowed us the time that evening to, to, to spend with them after the game. Um, and then, you know, when we got back to Castlenock Hotel, you know, the music um, was on in the dining hall. Um, you know, so, you know, we had some ice cream there and everything. So we did get to unwind for a bit. Um, and then, you know, we had a day off on the Saturday as well. And then, you know, then Sunday was like straight back into preparation against Slovakia. So, no, it, it was nice to kind of have, as I said, friends and family and a bit of downtime before kind of gearing up for a big game again. I think, to be honest, um, the relief came after the, fin the Finland game. Um, somehow, I think going into the Slovakia game, we were weirdly quietly confident that, you know, we would finish the job off. But I think the nerves coming into the Finland game, because um, we hadn't qualified for the playoffs yet, we still had a job to do. We still needed a, a victory from those two games at least. So 
Um, I think the outpour of emotion really came after the Finland game. Um, and then, you know, it was hard to kind of gear ourselves up again to go against Slovakia, but we just, we were so happy and delighted after the Finland game that we just knew, you know, we had an opportunity to be able to skip even the first round of the playoffs. I mean, something we really, really never thought, you know, we'd, we'd get to. So um, we just, you know, the support that we've had has just been absolutely fantastic and that really allowed us to go into Slovakia game feeling confident that, you know, we would get another result from that. When you play an international game like that, um, there's so many emotions that come into play. I mean, nerves, excitement, um, worry. You know, we've been working towards um, qualification for, for, you know, for over a year now. Um, and I think, you know, when it's all in your hands, it's, it's almost harder because, you know, if you, if, you, if you slip up, it's down to yourself and not to other results not going your way. So I think as well, playing in front of a home crowd, um, it does help, but it also does add a bit of pressure because you're in front of your friends and family who don't often get to see you at an international level because, you know, as I said, so many games are away. So, um, yeah, I think there was definitely a lot of emotions um, uh, running around the place mentally. Um, before that Finland game and then you could see you know like as we walked around Tala thanking everyone after it was just you know people crying people laughing and um, just couldn't believe that we had actually qualified for the playoffs I mean you know making history so um, yeah and then look obviously you, you experience that both kind of from a physical perspective and a me mental perspective and then you know obviously you, you peak and then you got to go down somewhere um, and then to be able to kind of peak again a few days later um, I think just naturally it's a very difficult thing to do but um, you know Veer was very aware of that and, and tried to manage um, our emotions after the few days uh, after the Finland game uh, leading up to Slovakia again. During the season are you put under a strict diet to help with your muscle growth? Um, I wouldn't say it's a strict diet um, we have nutritionists thankfully um, with Bristol City for example um, and so we are guided towards what we should be eating um, at what time of the day, uh, specifically protein. Obviously, as, as athletes, we need to make sure that we're getting you know, regular intakes of protein throughout the day and then specifically um, after ma you know, massive exertions like uh, a 90 minute game. Uh, protein is important in your diet. Can you talk us through the benefits you gain personally? Yeah, uh, probably muscle growth, firstly, and making sure you know you have enough muscle mass, uh, both kind of to avoid injury, but then also to be able to sustain large amounts of, of um, exercise, which we do every day. Um, but then also through, you know, muscle repair. Um, obviously, we're, you know, in a pitch session in the morning and then a gym session in the afternoon, you know, at least four times a week. So it's a lot uh, on your muscles. So being able to get, you know, a good amount of protein in after those sessions um, does allow for muscle repair when you're breaking those muscles down through, through exertion. What's the thing that helps most when resting your body when it's sore after practices and games? Yeah, well, having the feet up um, mostly is what we do kind of after a tough day. But, you know, thankfully we have access to, um, you know, a sports massage therapist at Bristol. Then we have the likes of ice baths for after games. Uh, we have Normatec boots, um, compression, all of the above um, definitely helps, you know, depending on how your body is feeling. Um, but we, we have access to all of those things. But usually, you know, after a tough day, just making sure you get the feet up for a couple of hours um, to go again the next day. Um, I usually only do it after a game. Um, I spend probably a total of 10 minutes now. I probably do a minute in the ice bath and then a minute in the hot bath. Uh, we're really, really lucky at Bristol. Um, we, know we, have, we have all that available to us. So we do yeah, a minute in the ice bath and then a minute in the hot bath. And then we keep alternating for 10 minutes. So yeah, not many people um, enjoy ice baths. It's totally a personal decision and we're not forced to do them. But I, I find a lot of benefit from doing them after um, yeah, a really, really tough game. 
um, and so lucky to have the facilities to, to use them. So we're actually back in in three and a half weeks, which is crazy, um, but also good because we you know keep the momentum building. And um, you know, if it was in a few months' time, we'd probably lose the momentum that we've had for the past couple of weeks. So now we all go back to our clubs. Um, I think we have about four games um, to play before we come back in. So just straight back into training. You know, most of us, if not all of us, are in a professional setup now, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, just training with our club, club, playing games at the weekends, and then straight back in, in in three and a half weeks. We've gotten into the habit now with the girls to go for coffee and um, a treat after training. Uh, you know, we'd be in, as I said, for a pitch session and a gym session. Your body would be pretty tired after. So just being able to go sit in a really nice coffee shop, um, have a nice coffee and, and maybe a slice of cake or anything like that. I think, as I said, most people that know me as well know that I'm a real people person. Um, you know, my biggest source of happiness in life is the relationships that I have. So I think the hardest part about moving away from home is being away from your friends and your family. Um, you know, I get to speak to my family a lot, but what I do really miss is having, you know, a night in with my friends, you know, uh, in a sit all sitting in a sitting room with some food, you know, cooking together, having some treats together and just catching up. I do really miss that. And um, obviously I speak to them from time to time, but yeah, just having the chats with the girls, I, I really do miss that. You know, I'm hugely grateful to Vera for everything that she's done for me over the past number of years. Um, as I said, you know, she called me up to the senior squad um, back in 2019. Then obviously a few months later, unfortunately, I tore my ACL. But, you know, she, from a mental perspective, she was a massive help to me throughout, you know, that year and a half. She always checked in on me regularly to see how I was doing. You know, she gave her input that she could. Um, and she kept me calm throughout the process. You know, she reminded me that, you know, I would get back to that level at some point, which is what I needed. And, you know, Hearing it from, um, you know, a physio is great, but then hearing it from an international manager whom you want to prove yourself to is, is even better because you know that she's keeping an eye on you and that you know that, you know, she will give you that opportunity when you're ready. So I really did appreciate that at the time. Um, and then, you know, from a playing perspective, um, obviously I'm, I'm a defender, but she's allowed me to kind of develop, um, you know, my offensive side as well. So, you know, going forward um, as a wing back, that's yeah, a really important thing to do. So. Um, I've been able to kind of work on that as well, um, you know, uh, while she's been manager and she, you know, she's helped me. We've had individual meetings here and there um, to, to, to be able to develop that part of my game too. The ACL um, injury was uh, a big deal for me. It was a big deal for most people that sustain it. Um, I was out for a very long time. I think, you know, with everyone, you have some really bad days and you have some great days when you make some progress. Um, I think for me, having had a taste of international football from a very young age allowed me to kind of um, strive for more during that tough period um, and you know having kind of sustained that injury so close to getting my first senior cap um, in a way was heartbreaking but it allowed me to kind of keep going because I knew I was I was nearly there um, and I knew I had the ability to get there someday if I just kept at it so um, yeah pros and cons to the timing of it but um, overall probably was a blessing because I knew that I could get there if I just kept at it. Fortunately or unfortunately um, I tore my ACL as the world was shutting down um, because of Covid so uh, it just meant that from one perspective I had the time um, to put into to my rehab but from another perspective um, you know I was doing everything in my house I had little access to a gym in the first few weeks, first few months, little access to equipment that I needed to start building muscle back um, in my quad. So um, it was very difficult and very lonely um, for, for most, of my, most of my rehab. Um, so definitely was tough, but as I said, from another perspective, I couldn't really go to the cinema with my friends. I couldn't go out for dinner. Everything, everything was closed. So I had the time to, to, to put into the rehab as well.
Yeah, it was difficult. Um, you know, luckily, you know, I'd been playing football for whatever, how many, 15 years before that. So I had a lot of people that I could lean on, um, you know, previous clubs, previous individuals that I knew, um, previous medical staff that I knew that, you know, I could reach out to to, to get additional input. Um, you know, and throughout probably the last few months of my rehab, um, I signed back with my old club, uh, Shelburne FC here in Ireland. And they were fantastic, um, you know, in their support, both on and off the pitch. Um, you know, I'd, I'd go up to training and, you know, I wouldn't be able to train initially, but um, I'd be running beside the girls and they'd be checking in on me as I arrived at training, you know, kind of asking what, what stage of the rehab was I at, when, when would I be back playing? And, you know, having that support from um, both the girls, but the club in general and making sure I had everything that I needed um, was just was fantastic. And I really did appreciate it. So, you know, I owe a lot to Shells from that perspective. I think I would allow myself to um, probably be more okay with the time out. Um, you know, as a professional athlete or as a high competing athlete, you want to do everything as quickly as possible. Um, you want results now, you want them fast. And unfortunately, um, if you force a process like that or recovery process too quick, you might actually end up taking a few steps back. And unfortunately, that is what happened with, with myself. You know, I probably um, tried to hit some metrics too quickly and my knee <laughs> wasn't too happy about that. So, you know, it, all in all, it took me 18 months to get back, whereas it probably should have only taken me 14 months or, you know, 12 to 14 months. So, um, so that was, you know, a lesson that I learned the hard way. Um, so, yeah, I probably would have just told myself to just take it a bit easier um, on the recovery process and allow things to happen a bit more naturally. Professionally, I think I'd love to, to play in the WSL. Um, it's probably the biggest league in the world at the moment. Um, so much investment going into it, especially since you know the women's uh, the English women's team have just won the Euros. So that's probably from a professional standpoint where I want to get to. Um, and then from an international perspective, you know, qualifying for a major tournament, we've never done that. Um, you know, with the women's team, so um, that's definitely uh, high up on, on the on the list. And you know, hopefully, we'll, we'll you know we'll be there next summer. Um, luckily, I've been able to represent my country since the age of 13, so, um, and it never, ever gets old. Um, you know, with almost with every cap that you get, um, it gets better and better. Um, so, you know, there's the competition in women's football is immense. Um, and I think as the years have gone on, it's probably meant more, as I said, just because there's so much more competition now, so many more girls playing, so many more resources going into it. So the competition is really, really high. And um, so you know that if you do get called in and you do get the opportunity to play, um, it, it's a massive deal and um, you know, it, just, it just means the world.